everyone. Good evening. Welcome to the new episode, the sixth episode of Soft in this podcast. Podcast that can be your safe night only. And how are you doing, guys? Hope you are doing well. And for tonight's podcast, you're going to join us in this little chit chat with me, Sukma Alifan Krishnanti, and here my partner, Saradi Alibaza. Hey, anybody knows the time? Yep, it's the end of the month, which means our stuff in this episode today is gonna be special. This episode is special because we have someone equally special here as well. Okay, so our guest star tonight is Shafira. So welcome to Step in the Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Sukma. Hi, Tera. Thank you so much for inviting me. It really is an honor to be here. Before we jump to the next discussion, I think we should get to know each other a little bit better. So, welcome Shafira Bulan Sariasa. She is currently interning at Connecti Public Relations Agency in Bali, and she also received Bumi Scholarship Indonesia 2020. But most of all, she is also a mother of Fisip. Thank you for the introduction. Hello, everyone. Hello, Shafira. Thank you for joining with us tonight. So, I couldn't agree more. That's a great achievement. So maybe for our listeners of this podcast, maybe we join the competition and wanna become the most outstanding student in the faculty level, or maybe even in the university or national level in the next year. So, do you have any tips for that? So actually, I have participated in several competitions, but maybe this one has always been the main highlight of my life. I never had the slightest thought to participate in this competition because I was afraid and thought that I didn't have much time to prepare. But with the support of my lecturers and my friends, I took the chance to register for the election of Most Outstanding Student, Faculty of Social and Political Science, Universitas General Sudirman. From a very tough process, had these schedules and content training, finally, I got the best result which is beyond my expectations. Being the most outstanding student is not only a gift but also putting heavy rocks on my shoulder. To be honest, I don't have any specific tips but I will share some tips based on my experience. First of all, I want to make a disclaimer. I strongly believe that everyone has different circumstances, preferences, and opportunities. So please don't use one person's story as a single reference or inspirations. So guys, if you really want to join this election or competitions, the first thing that you have to do is believe in yourself. I can get this achievement not because I'm the smartest person, but because I'm brave enough to take my chance, make mistakes, keep trying, and learn new things. Never be afraid to take risks to improve your life and do not let fear stop you from achieving your dream. We should remember that being brave isn't the absence of fear, being brave is having that fear but finding a way through it. If I can find that way, I believe everyone can do the same. Second, do not be afraid to ask for help. Being the most outstanding student doesn't mean you know everything. If you think you don't know about something, then ask those people who know it. I can achieve this thing because there are a lot of people who help me, my lectures and my friends, and I couldn't have done it without them. Well, yeah, that's an interesting story and insight from Shafira, guys. So maybe if I could say, there's one quote that maybe fits with this one. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it by Paulo Coelho from The Alchemist. 
we just need a willingness and we do our part and let the universe do the rest of it. And we have to admit, becoming a mother sounds so cool, but we always think that the process is so tough. So maybe Shakira has other tips that she might have. So other tips that might be usable and the most important tips is to not ever underestimate anyone, even God doesn't. Um, this is very important because in some situation, we can easily underestimate someone without knowing anything about them. This behavior is very dangerous because it makes us not aware of ourselves. We spend a lot of time judging someone and thinking that they are no better than us. We forgot that we have a witness too. To be honest, I was often underestimated when I was in junior and senior high school because I can't do math like other students. But you know what? Our life is not determined by one subject. Never underestimate others because life rotates like a wheel and people change every time. We never know the person completely. They struggle, they fall, they broken, but the amazing thing is they become stronger than ever. So this is why the disparaging behavior must be eliminated. And also, never underestimate yourself. If people talk bad about you, don't listen to them. Don't ever let someone's opinion about you stop you from achieving your goals because you are a great human being and deserve all the amazing things in life. I agree. Definitely do not underestimate anyone because you can never truly know what goes on behind the scenes. And don't underestimate yourself too because when you already set a certain standard for yourself, you can sort of be stuck in the mindset that, oh, this is all I can do, which can be harmful for your own growth and improvement. Yeah, that's right. We have our own story. It's different and unique. And that's the reason why we all as human beings in this world are special. Then maybe we can go to our main discussion tonight. We're gonna discuss a little bit about Brian Collins' Mudik this year. Yes, and so our topic, and this is why we invited Kapira actually, but we think she'll have many opinions about it because it's related to our subject, like how the media might have presented this new regulation about limiting, even forbidding, people to go on Mudik, traveling to see their family to live far away from them. And maybe we can discuss how we, as the public, have received this news as well. There will be some questions that will be discussed here. Then maybe, first of all, what Mudik really means to me, Tara and Shafira. So, the first one maybe from Shafira. Uh, what does Mudik really means to me? Okay, since my family and I live in Prokerto, which is far from our relative city because all of my relatives are living outside Prokerto, so mudik become one of the things that means a lot to me. Basically, my family is living alone here, I mean in Prokerto. We don't have any relatives here, so if there is a big occasion or celebration, we always travel to another city. So I can say that mudik is one of the things that cannot be separated from my family. Actually, I might have the least experience on music among the three of us. Most of the time during Ramadan or even any other special occasion, my family only visited very close relatives. So I used to live in Bekasi, so we just visit family in the Jabodetabek area. And when I moved to Purwakarto a few years ago, we had stopped visiting those families anyway, because the travel was costly and not really ideal according to us. 
yeah and for me personally I didn't mudik last year I was only at my home in Bekasi because we were prohibited to do it and I think it will be the same for this year because we know that all transportations not only public but also private transportation is monitored in every time in everywhere nowadays then maybe the question is why does it matter for us to discuss about this maybe our listeners of Safedis podcast have been planning to do moody right and we'll think that it's all right but actually what would happen for us especially for us as a college student if we stay to plan mudik this year well i think it would be unfair for most college students who live alone in the small town of Wuppertal or anywhere else really away from their family those who weren't quick enough to travel back home before the lockdowns and quarantine they haven't seen their family for a long long time Yeah, um, actually, as far as I know, you can still travel to another city as long as the city is registered on your identity card or KTP in Indonesia. Um, for example, I live in Purwokerto, and Purwokerto is a city that registered on my identity card. And I'm a college student that studies in Semarang. In this study case, I'm planning to move to Purwokerto during the restriction time. If you have any case similar to this, you don't have to worry that much because you still come back to your hometown as long as the city is the same as on your identity card. Based on the data that I got from Pak Ganjar Pranowo, statement when he was interviewed regarding the case of 10,000 pemudik that are coming to Tegal, you can find it on the internet anyway, the news, um, he said that they are not pemudik or a newcomer. So, Those 10,000 people are the original people of the girl, so that's okay if they want to pulang kampung because that thing does not only happen during Ramadan. So this statement creates a paradox. You are prohibited to do mudik, but you are allowed to pulang kampung. And from this statement, many people including me think that it is okay that we are going back to our hometown as long as the city is registered on our identity card. Since there is no further official statement, this thing is still a mystery. But in my opinion, for the sake of your safety, it's better to not travel to another city if you don't have any urgent situations which requires you to go. Yeah, since the beginning, it's too complicated to understand that we have to do this way or that way if there are so many different statements from the government. And furthermore, I think it's a strange statement if we are not allowed to do mudik, but we are allowed to do hometowning or kampung because there are so many cases in real life, but I think it's too simplified. Um, Yes, I agree with Shafira. For the better situation, we could delay our plan again to do mudik this year if there is no urgent situation. But what will happen actually to others, like maybe for public transportation drivers? Yes, another thing regarding this mudik stuff, we know that the movement of people causes movement of the virus. The other problem is that the government is still campaigning on tourism destinations to open again. But the counter-argument by the minister is that instead of people from outside town going to the local tourism, they hope that the local tourism is visited only by the people who live near that destination. For example, Baturaden only can be visited by Prokerta society and prohibited for people from the outside town. 
So from that, the government hopes that the spread of the virus is still under control. If the economy, especially from the tourism sector, is still open and running with standard health protocols, we can minimize the impact losses. And this also applies to public transportations. We should make sure that all of the passengers who use public transportations are healthy by doing some tests such as genos, rapid, and etc. Public transportation can still operate during this time as long as they do it under strict health protocols to prevent the spread of the virus. That is something to think about. There are rapid tests to ensure that someone isn't infected and it'd be great if it's applied to more than just public transportation or tourism places. I wish it'd be applied for cafes, malls and so many other public places so that spread is cut by us, especially when we go to a public space with many people there who might not keep their distance or otherwise, because there's still that chance that we can infect someone. Yeah, that's right. We have to minimize that change as much as possible. But maybe how can we do about this? What can we do to minimize the spread of the virus? It's very simple, just avoid large gatherings or crowds. You can still go outside and visit tourism destinations, but you should be aware of the condition outside of your house. If the place is too crowded, then don't visit it. That is the only thing we can do for now until the virus is completely gone. I think that really, this is still the same situation as last year. Virus is still around us. But what's different is, on the other hand, we do have a vaccine on the way. It's being administered to more and more people, but as not everybody has been vaccinated, I also think the safest course of action is not traveling. Yeah, right, right. We have to prepare and do the action before the worst case, though we shouldn't worry too much about it, which may result in us being too anxious to handle this pandemic era. So, for our special guest star tonight, I think it's all. So, maybe do you have any closing statements about this? First off, um, thank you for inviting me to this step in this podcast. I have a great time here. Um, I hope that our discussion can give you insightful information about mudik regulations in our country. And don't forget to always apply the 3Ms, memakai masker, menjaga jarak, dan mencuci tangan wherever you are. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay sane. That's right. Always prioritize your safety and others as well. And follow all the protocols to ensure that we will be safe in this pandemic, no matter how small that protocol is. Yeah, right. That's a useful message for all of us. Okay, thank you. Don't forget about the message. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, our beloved listeners of staff in this podcast. Thank you to Shafira as well. Thank you to Tara. And please stay tuned for the next episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify to always stay updated about our next episode with another amazing announcer. Seth Linda's podcast, a podcast that can be your sad night goal mate.